0: I am not going to sing, not in front of this mic. <laughs> I'll spare you guys. I love you too much for that. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. You know, we live in some strange times lately. It's, it just baffles me what's going on in our country. You know, they seem strange to me. They seem strange to us. But I think people and society kind of goes through cycles. You know, if you look back I don't know how long ago it was, 50, 60, 70 years, it seemed like we were going through almost this same struggle. And you know, I, I think, like I say, society, we all go through cycles. But hopefully, as we come out of that cycle, we come out of it farther ahead than where we started in the beginning. You know, like two steps forward, one step back, rather than the other way around. And I'm kind of an optimist for the most part. I can be a pessimist too, but for the most part I'm an optimist. And I see the glass three quarters full, two thirds full, Steph would say. <laughs> but anyway. I think we're going to come out better in the end. I hope. And if not, guess what? I have Jesus. I hope all of you have Jesus. And eventually we can't help but come out ahead. You know, my point for all of this is we should be aware of where we are. You know, we should be paying attention to where we are. And not just physically, but mostly spiritually. We need to be aware of where we are, where we're going. Let me get back to my notes so I don't follow this up. We should be aware of where we are, we should have our eyes wide open, we should look back once in a while just to see where we have come from. To encourage us for one thing but also so we don't go back to where we are. You know, I think with this country, you know, tearing down some of those statues and stuff, those were kind of reminders of some of the times we've come from so we don't go back there. And I'm afraid if we get rid of all that old history that some of it is a little ugly. But if we get rid of it and pretend like it didn't happen, we're going to end up back there. So we should look back and see where we came from so we don't go in a circle and end up back where we started. We should look at where we are, and examine our circumstances, and then see what we need to do to change, to move forward in our lives. And that includes asking for help through prayer, reading the word, and studying it, and being with people we can trust for honest guidance, or when we ask them, you know what they think, we would listen to it. And then keeping our eyes fixed on our future, on Jesus. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus so we're continually moving in that direction. And I believe that's the point of the book of Hebrews. This book is showing these Hebrew or Jewish believers that all the religious things they did in Judaism was pointing to a messiah. Jesus. Jesus was the messiah. Jesus is the messiah. He is where we should go. We shouldn't go back. We need to go forward. You know that sounds easy. It sounds so easy to say. We need to be moving forward to Jesus. He's where we should go. We don't go back. We go forward. Sounds easy, but unfortunately, to move forward, we have to navigate this journey through this world, and this world is kind of an ugly place right now, seems to be, and we need to navigate through people and relationships in this world, and that's even harder. They make it difficult, and that's why we need to keep our eyes on the prize, So let's pray, and then we're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you that you are there for us. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for what you did to pay the price for us so that we can be nearer to God. We thank you for your spirit who lives within us and who's in this world convicting the world of sin and convicting us in our hearts that we would... Maybe see where we need to change and where we need to move and where we need, what we need to do to be more like you. Lord, bless us through your word this morning and just help us to navigate this world. In Jesus' name, amen. So Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm going to start today on verse 14. And right off the bat, You know, it fits right in with the children's message. It says, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You know, that just fits perfect with the children's message this morning. And this seems to be a very tall order these days. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. You know, what a tall order. And somebody might like me. Look at how short I am. My feet barely reach the ground. How can I fulfill this tall order? But seriously, this is a command. Did you ever think of it as that? It's a command. Make every effort to live in peace with all men. We're supposed to live at peace with all men. Listen to that. Live it. But that isn't what it says it says we're supposed to make every effort to live at peace with all men, human, people, not just men as in male, but man as in human. You know, we're supposed to make every effort to live at peace with all men. That's something we need to strive for, make every effort for. And guess what? It's not going to happen. We're not going to live at peace with all men. Even Jesus didn't live at peace with all men. There's a lot of people that hate Jesus. They think religion is okay, but as soon as you say Jesus, then they're offended. A lot of people are that way. So we're not going to live at peace with all men, but we still need to make every effort. And it says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You know, if we're not striving for holiness and to live at peace with men, with people, we're not going to feel God's presence in our lives. And people around us certainly won't see God at all. You know, we're supposed to be God's ambassadors or his representatives. People should see God through our lives. You know, they should look at us and say, there's something different about those people. And then they'll start to wonder, and they'll see God in our lives, and then they'll see God, and maybe it'll do something in their heart, and God will do a work in their lives. You know, it's important. And verse 15, as we move on, says, See to it that no one misses the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. When we let the strife and the worry and the evil of this world get into our brains, and that's what it does, it goes into our ears and hits our brains and bounces off our brains and goes down into our heart. And if we're not there to intercept that someplace, we need to be careful of what we let into our ears, let into our eyes, because hopefully if it, that junk goes in, hopefully it goes right out and it doesn't bounce off our brain and into our heart and, and it, but if it does, that bitterness can well up in us. It can take root in there, and we need to be careful. We need to watch out for that. I want to read that verse again. It says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You know, we need to let that grace of God come into our lives and flow out to those people that we don't like. That we have trouble with let that grace of God come in there and intercept that and bounce it off of our brain and out of our head instead of going into our heart we don't want that because that bitterness and angriness that comes up in us in our lives we let it take root and it's no good for anyone and certainly not for us but certainly also not for the people around us. When we get bitter and angry, it defiles all those people around us, and it doesn't do any good. We need to watch out for that. And verse 16 says that, See see that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. This is referring to living in the here and now, When we want something, we do almost anything to satisfy our desire for a fleeting minute. Those desires that come and go in a fleeting minute. You know, if if we don't just sort of ignore them and let them go most of the time, we end up doing something stupid. Like Esau, they use him as an example. He sold his inheritance rights for a single meal. You know, for the here and now, let me, if you remember the story of Esau, Esau and his brother Jacob were twins. They were twins. Esau was born first, so he would receive the blessing from his father, Isaac. And in the Hebrew or Jewish culture, the firstborn son received the blessing. They got the bulk of the estate, and they got the, spiritual, the first spiritual blessing from the father, the rest of the boys would usually split what was left and would usually serve or work for the first brother to make sure that his inheritance rights were fulfilled. And girls usually receive from who they married. You know, when they married some young man, they got the blessing that he got. So that's kind of the way it worked there. But Esau came in from hunting, and he was so hungry, he couldn't wait for five minutes to build a sandwich. So he told his brother, Jacob, who was making some soup, you got to give me some of that soup or I'm going to die. And Jacob said, I'll give you a bowl of soup if I can have your blessing. And he said, "Okay." Can you imagine that? He thought he was so hungry that he couldn't wait long enough to fix himself a sandwich and he sold his inheritance right. He was living in the here and now. Instant gratification. I got to have this hunger satisfied right now. Much like the world we live in today. Much like we get caught up in today. We want everything now, instantly. And then as we move on to verse 17. It says, afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. This is a verse we need to really understand. You know, back to Jacob and Esau. There was much trickery and scheming all through their lives, and it started out before they were even born. If you re, if you go back, and you should, it's kind of an interesting story. If you go back, they wrestled and wiggled around in the womb, you know, fighting for to be born first. I think it says Jacob got his arm out, and then in their wrestling, went back in, and then Esau was born first, and he received a blessing. And then they fought all through their lives over Who was better and who was worse and Jacob was he got the name Jacob which meant tricky one I think that's what it says and there was trickery all through their lives and then toward the end of their father's life Esau was hairy and he liked to hunt he probably had a beard and was you know kind of a hairy one and Jacob had smooth skin he was all well kept and groomed and shaved clean And then when their father was dying, Jacob put on a thick wool mat or something and went up and talked to his father who was almost blind and said, I'm Esau. And he tricked him out of the blessing. But you know, God could have stopped all that. But our words matter. You know, um, Esau sold his inheritance right. He gave it up. And God honored that decision all the way to the end. Even though in the end, you know, Esau fought for that right with tears, and he cried for it, and, but it was too late. God honored his choice. And that's a, that's a real thing we need to understand. You know, if, if we seek something, and just seek it with all of our heart, and it isn't what God wants for our lives. Sometimes God will say, okay, if that's really what you want, go for it. And then we have to deal with that the rest of our lives. You know, we, God will honor our choices. So we need to take our time. We need to be patient and wise and not live in the here and now and not be ruled by our desires because God will honor our choices. So we need to be wise and wise about the things we choose our choices may come back to haunt us in our later years you know that's hard to navigate through this life because those choices come up quick and they're usually loud and you know we don't have time to think about them and that really bites me right now with things going on in my life and I'm not gonna go into those but you know Things that have to happen instantly, we need to be patient. We need to think about it. We need to ask God for wisdom, because he'll give it to us. And as we move on to verse 18 through 21, it says, "But, But you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it beg that no further word be spoken to them. I feel like I left something out here. Let me start again with that. It says, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm. To a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them. Because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches a mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. You know, we have a tendency to forget who God is. We should really read the Old Testament. We should read and study the Old Testament, I think. We should understand that the God of the Old Testament, that that God that it was referring to there, that God that those people were terrified of and held in reverent fear, that's the same God we worship today. That's the same God we worship today. It says God is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. We need to understand that god has not changed at all only the way we can come to him has changed you know and that's what this book of hebrews this author of hebrews is trying to get to those jewish believers back then that god hasn't changed it's that same god today let me read that again it said you have not come to a mountain that can be touched let me do that again you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness gloom and storm to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those heard it beg that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded if even an animal touches the mountain it must be stoned that sight was so terrifying that Moses said I am trembling with fear And then it goes on to say, verse 22 through 24. It says, But you have come to Mount Zion, to heavenly Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirit of righteous men, made perfect to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See before to come to God you had to be perfect. You had to be perfect to come into the presence of God. And guess what? None of them were. That's why they had the priests. The priests would make a sacrifice for his sin. You know they they couldn't come to God without the blood you know the blood to be sprinkled on the altar to pay the price for their sin so they did they would they would kill an animal and sprinkle the blood and then they could come to God you know no one could come to him and that's why they trembled with fear at the mountain that was burning and covered with smoke when God spoke the earth shook Back then, they trembled, they were scared, they were terrified. They had that reverent fear of God. And now, because of Jesus, they don't have to tremble in fear. They could come to God boldly before the throne because of what Jesus did. That was the first covenant. You know, they had to be perfect and holy and Righteous. And Jesus didn't come to do away with that covenant. He came to fulfill it. Jesus didn't come, away, come to destroy that covenant. He came to fulfill it. And he did. He did. And now we have this new covenant. He brought the new covenant. Now we just need to believe. And this is hard for us to say. We just have to believe that we're not good enough. The world tells us not to say that, but we have to believe that we're not good enough. But guess what? Jesus is. Jesus is good enough. He fulfilled that covenant for us. We just have to believe we're not good enough, and Jesus is. And we believe that Jesus is and was good enough, and he is good enough, and he paid the price for us. And now we can come boldly before the throne of grace because of what Jesus did for us. That's the new covenant. We don't have to tremble in fear, because Jesus paid the price for us. Let me read those verses again. But you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, you have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better, a better word than the blood of Abel. See, isn't that awesome? And the firstborn is now very important to us. Each one of us if we believe and we accept Jesus as our Savior, it's like we're the firstborn. We get that spiritual blessing. We get that, that blessing. We get to receive the blessing like we are the firstborn son. Every one of us. We don't have to serve our, the firstborn brother in our family. We get that blessing, each one of us. And as we move on to verse 25, it says, See to to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him and warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? You know, God is speaking to us, and we need to be listening. God speaks to us through the word, so we should read and study it. This is the word of God. He speaks to us through the word and we should be reading it and studying it. God speaks to us through other believers. So we should hang out with fellow Christians. God speaks to us through nature. So we should enjoy the beauty of his creation. He's speaking to us through it. Just the majesty of creation shows us, points to us a little bit of the majesty of God. And God speaks to us through what is happening in the world. And if we see what's going on in the world, we may be getting close to the end. I want to read a few verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It says, Now brothers, about the times and dates we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, while people People are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in the darkness, so that this day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled, and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. You know, it talks about the seasons and labor pains as a pregnant woman. You know, we see the seasons in this world. You know, and it's almost like fall and the winter's coming because of what's going on in the world. And almost like labor pains when a woman's going to give birth, it's it's hard. And her, hurts and doesn't feel good and we see what's going on in this world we could be getting close to the end we never know but as we see that it it looks like it could be getting close so we need to be aware of what's going on we need to be alert we need to be paying attention and maybe this will all blow over and it will go on and we'll have some good times coming you know this could be the end and if that is That's exciting, because we could be near the time of going to be with the Lord. That's exciting. You know, we live in the here and now. We see, we know what this is. Heaven is going to be a lot of unknown, and it's it's kind of scary but exciting. So God is speaking to us, and we need to be listening. In verse twenty-six says at that time his voice shook the earth but now he has promised once more i will not shake once more i will shake not only the earth but also heaven you know we still serve that god we still serve that god who, when he spoke the earth shook and they trembled with fear we still serve that same god And I think today's society and many of today's Christians even think that because we don't see these kinds of signs from God and we see what God is letting happen in this world you know we seem to think this society the world thinks God is just meek and mild and he's weak and you know but he's not. God is allowing these things to happen for a a reason but just wait because God is still that God. He's still going to judge the world, and we will all have to give an account someday. And verse 27 says, the words once more indicate that the removing of what can be shaken, that is the created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. You know, that's talking about when God's going to judge this, the world. God's going to judge the world and everything in it. Everything's going to be stripped away, and we will be judged by our motives more than by what we did. You know, we're going to be judged by what we do later on, but he's going to judge us more by our motives, by what was in our heart. Some of the things that we did wrong, but we did it with a good heart, I think we're going to get credit for some of those things, because... You know, our heart was in the right place. Maybe what we did didn't turn out like we thought it was going to do. But I think we're going to get some good credit for some of that stuff because our motives were right. And some of the things that we thought we were really doing right and we thought turned out good, I think sometimes we'll do, if we really strip everything away, we did a lot of those things for selfish ambition. And they turned out, and so we thought it was good we did them for selfish ambition and when all that's stripped away we're going to be scratching our head thinking how come I didn't get credit for that well it's because that selfish ambition was what we really did it for and we didn't even know it but we're going to be judged in the end and God is a righteous judge and he's going to judge rightly and as we move on to the end of this passage verses 28 and 29 it says therefore Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. We need to examine our hearts and see where we are. See where we really are. Ask God to show us, because he will. Say, Lord, just show me the motives of my heart. Help me to do the right things. We need to check our thoughts and our actions and see if they line up with what we say we believe. We need to worship our God with proper thankfulness and with reverence and awe because we serve that God, that same God of the Old Testament. If you read the Old Testament, God did some mighty things, some tremendous things. There was a lot of signs and wonders and the earth shook and fire came down from heaven at times and you know there were some miraculous things. And we think, you know, if I saw God do something like that today, it would just give me a better sense, you know, I think if we were really looking, we'd see those things happening. But we sometimes walk around with our eyes half closed. So we need to Worship our God with proper thankfulness. Be thankful for what he's done. And worship him with reverence and awe. And we'll start to see those things. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We know you're the same God of the Old Testament today. We know that you've the only thing you've changed is the way we can come to you. We can come through Jesus. And we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Each one of us can just bow our heads and pray. Or even just look up to heaven. We don't even have to bow. Just look up to heaven and say, Lord, you are mighty and awesome. And and give us that awe and wonder and excitement back. Lord, we need you. Especially in these times of, from what's going on. And we do ask that you would just sweep this country with some a spirit of repentance and turn us back to you as a country lord and individually as believers each one of us we all need we all need you lord we just we love you we praise you and that's why we're here today lord just give us that we pray in Jesus name amen